Welcome to Product by Design with Kyle and Eva. A podcast about product management and product design. Where we'll talk about subjects from product strategy to inclusive design. Every episode, we just have a good conversation about all the things that you may already know or not know. And occasionally, we'll have a guest from maybe engineering or other product managers and designers to talk about all these topics. All right. Welcome to another episode of Product by Design. And today we have another special guest with us, Piali Day. And we are super, super excited. And by we, I mean me, because we actually, we don't have Eva with us right now. But fortunately, we do have Piali. So welcome to the podcast today, Piali. How are you doing? Thanks, Kyle. Thanks for having me. I'm doing awesome. How are you? I am doing really, really good. And I'm so excited to have you on and uh, to be talking product with you today. And you are up in Vancouver. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. We just had like the super famous heat wave. Okay. Northwest. Yeah. So, so the heat wave has hit you too. Now, what is what is the heat wave in Vancouver? Because I feel like it's it's a little bit more temperate there. Is that right? It's pretty much, it's like Seattle, Portland area, okay. pretty mild. I would say it doesn't snow that bad. But for four days, we had like over 100 degrees, oh like gosh. Fahrenheit temperature. It was really, really bad. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. And so I was reading about it and like people in... Seattle and Portland in those areas were, it was like really bad because a lot of folks there just don't have like air conditioning or like the ability to, to cope with the extreme heat just because they're not prepared for it. Is that the same case in, in Vancouver? Same case here. Yeah. Because we have never had this kind of extreme temperatures wow. before. So most of the houses, like the old architectures, they are not equipped with it. We don't have air conditioning. We do have like furnace like heating system Mm -hmm. but not cooling system because it's it's just so rare but i think it's all because of the you know climate change and global warming that things are uh changing like really bad really for bad so yeah like people we have had i think 10 or 15 people died um because of this like over four days which is like bad enough and then covid so things are pretty stressed in the community wow Wow. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. I just, but, we, but we are out of it. So that's yeah. the good news. Okay. <laughs> we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't start this podcast with such a heavy and gleam, yeah. but, but, but we are out of it. So the good weather is back again. So people okay. are enjoying summer. Yes. Nice. Okay. So you're, you're back enjoying <laughs> the, the good summertime. Yes. That's good. We're not. So we're still, I feel like we're still in the we're still in like 100 degree weather so like our our uh we're more i guess we're more prepared for it it's still terrible but our weather station outside has been like at 100 degrees for like the past few weeks it's been it's been pretty rough but we do have air conditioning so i guess (laughs) yeah that's that's the fortunate part but we may have to make a trip up to Vancouver because it looks, it's, it, I don't know, it sounds like it's a little bit more mild when it's not the heat wave and 100 degree weather. Is it oh, like yeah. 80 degrees right now? or Yeah, 80 degrees and like somewhere like 75 to 82 is like the average. And summer is awesome here. It's really beautiful. That sounds amazing. So one, once the border opens up, yes, okay. you should come and visit Vancouver. Definitely. Okay. That sounds, that sounds perfect. <laughs> Love it. So I should introduce you a little bit more formally. Again, I'm super excited to have you on and talk to you more because you are a product manager at Microsoft and on the board of directors at a nonprofit called Product BC. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll pull a few bullet points from your bio, which we have linked in the show notes and you can kind of build on this a little bit for us, but you've, you've got a 10 month old, you've got some puppies and you are involved in a whole bunch of different things within the tech community and advocate for diversity and equality in tech, which we'll, we'll talk more about. 
and uh, you do major events, you know, speaking for uh, women in engineering at conferences and things like that. So super excited to have you on. I think we're going to have an amazing conversation talking about uh, product management, uh, inclusion, diversity, just some really, really awesome topics. But I'll let you kind of tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, yeah, touch on a little bit yeah. more of those things. Absolutely. Yeah. Super excited to be here as well. Um, I am originally from India, so I'm a first generation immigrant. Um, I moved uh, from India to U.S. back in 2011 when I actually came to do my master's in computer science. So I came uh, to the U.S. to study uh, as a student. Uh, so then I finished my degree and I started working. Um, I spent uh, six around six years as a software engineer working for different enterprise companies and startups all over U.S. Um, then I moved to product from software engineering. Then I, I also had a job as customer success manager. So like talking to customers and like, you know, figuring out what are they actually asking for, like how to conduct good customer interviews. Those are some of the things that I learned on my job, which I think was super useful when I decided to take on the product role. Um, so uh, I joined Microsoft back in 2019. So it's, uh, it's like a, around two and a half years. Um, and um, I'm really fortunate to kind of work with a couple of teams within the company. Um, I have been uh, previously, so coming to this product management role, I was a developer advocate. So in developer relations, talking about Azure um, and, you know, um, and that's when I started uh, doing a lot of public speaking. I traveled all across North America to talk about Azure with our startup communities, students, universities, professors, professional developers. So that was a lot of, lot of fun. Um, but yeah, now I'm in, in the product role. I work in a product called Azure Communication Services, which is Microsoft's new offering um, for communication platform as a service. Um, so we... Uh, we have like a lot of good things to talk about, but we can get to that later. <laughs> but the other thing is you mentioned diversity and inclusion. So I wanted to bring it up for a little bit. Uh, I'm super passionate about that area as well. Um, I, I started doing initiatives on this uh, back when I was in graduate school. So it's been almost 10 and 11 years I'm, I'm into this domain doing different kinds of, you know, initiatives. I, I am a part of uh, Google's Women Tech Makers Group. Uh, that's that's a platform to encourage women in tech uh, to, you know, work with high school girls, to encourage them to take up computer science in college. So I've been working with them for like the last five, six years. Um, when I say working, it's not like for-profit working, but I volunteer my time and I mentor a lot of women, uh, young girls all over uh, the America to kind of help them see that what is possible going forward, bringing them uh, some visibility on what what could happen if you take like computer science in college. And so I, I feel I, I take this very pers personally because I feel um, I'm, I'm very privileged in a way that I was able to move halfway across the world and, and came down here to study and see the world in a, in a very different way. So I, I want to give it back to our community. So yeah, I've been, been uh, you know, keynoting in a lot of conferences since then. Um, so yeah, heavily, heavily involved. I kind of think of it as my second job, <laughs> uh, but I spend a lot of my evenings and weekends uh, you know, working on these initiatives. That's so great. Okay. We've got so much to unpack here and I'm so excited because yeah. I think this is so good. Um, but first you mentioned, uh, two, two puppies. So, uh, yes. what, what kind of puppies do you have? Yeah. So I have, uh, two. So one is an Australian cattle dog. Um, and the other one is a mix of German shepherd and, um, I think American Staffordshire Terrier. So mix of Shepherd and Terrier. I actually adopted both of them. So they are they are six years old right now. 
uh, yeah, like they are, they're like kind of like the love of my life <laughs> up until I had my daughter. I right. should mention this, yep. but now they are like second in position. Yeah. But <laughs> I had my daughter last year in the mid midst of pandemic. So um, she's 10 months old now. So that was another experience of my life that I had to unfold pandemic, social isolation and right. my family couldn't come to help me out because of the travel restrictions. So that was a whole different story, but yeah, it was very difficult time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, man. I, I feel like we, I feel like we could dive into just like so many different areas of that, just COVID itself and like the, the, the family aspect. Um, all right. Uh, yes. Okay. Other things. So are, I guess, are there any other things outside of like, the product world that you enjoy doing before we kind of dive into all of the product specific things? Yeah, like fun stuff. So I absolutely love cooking. I am a big time foodie myself and me and my husband, we are kind of like hobby chef. So if you are over here at our house over a weekend, there are probably like 10 different things in, in cooking right now. So we experiment with a lot of different foods. So cooking is a big time stress buster for me. And I am an avid reader. I read a lot, a lot of books, not like ebooks, but really like hard copy paperback yeah. books. Uh, so, yeah, like I usually try to read two books a month. But after my daughter was born, uh, the speed kind of has slowed down. <laughs> but uh, and I, I don't really have any like particular genre that I focus into, but I love to read about pretty much anything starting from history, music, literature, science, technology, but I just love reading. So I used to write a lot as well. I had blogs, but because of COVID and, you know, working from home, the equation is kind of uh, stressed right now. So I've been not, uh, (laughs) I have not been very regular to my blogs yet, but yeah, I still read, I cook. Um, and, um, hiking, I love, like, I love a lot of like outdoor activities. I go on biking. So yeah, that's my, pretty much my summer weekends. Nice. I just described. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, two last questions and then we'll, we'll dive yeah. into it. All right. What, um, if you had, if you had like one signature dish, what would it be? So I do a lot of fusion dishes. Okay. So uh, like with Indian dishes and then something else. So I take like inspiration from two, three different kinds of cuisines and I mix it up and and create something of my own. So I don't necessarily have like names, but you all know butter chicken, right? So it's, mm-hmm. it's such a popular dish from India, like butter chicken. So I uh, usually, so last weekend we tried something, taking butter chicken and then mixing up with some, you know, Mexican spices and giving it a Mexican flavor with salsa and everything. So I don't have, I haven't invented a name yet, but it was super tasty. Nice. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Uh, that sounds awesome. You'll, you'll yeah. have to, all right. So you have to start like a food blog then with like yeah. or, the Indian Mexican a, fusion. We can, do, we can do another podcast on that. So. Yes. There we go. Yeah. The, the <laughs> fusion, food fusion podcast uh, yep. trademark. Okay. Yep. All right. Coming soon. Nice. I love it. All right. And then what, um, what's been your favorite recent read? Uh, so I am actually reading the book that Michelle Obama wrote, uh, you know, so that's what I've been reading right now. Um, and also another book I just started last week is, uh, Satya Nadella's, uh, Refresh. Mm-hmm. the book that Satya wrote it talking about Microsoft culture. So I love that book, not, not because I work for Microsoft, mm-hmm. but because I learned a lot about what type of human Satya Nala is. Not, apart from being a CEO, he talked about his family, his son, and how he kind of ended up being a CEO. What's his vision? Uh, and I, I loved it. I think a lot of his ideologies kind of resonated with mine. What, what I want to teach uh, to my daughter uh, someday in future. So I, I absolutely loved it. Highly recommended. Okay. Michelle Obama's Becoming yep. and Satin Adler's Refresh. It Refresh. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. All right. Two, two awesome book recommendations. All right. Okay. Let's, uh, let's jump into it then. Um, Cause I think we've got some awesome topics that I, I really want to, to dive into. 
uh, getting into product management as a career and what are some of the the ways that we can do that and just what are important things to be thinking about and what are some of your experiences and so the you know one I want to start off by just asking first off you know you kind of talked about your experience getting into product and I think that's super interesting because you talk to anybody who's gotten into product management and we all, at least most of us, get into it through a whole bunch of different ways. You know, whether that's you know starting out in uh, like your background, you know, software development, and then kind of going into it that way, or you know, just starting out in. I started out and just kind of fell backwards into it, and you know, came into product management just through complete luck, and was just fortunate enough to do it that way. You know, the question that a lot of people have is you know, how can I get into it? You know, what are some of the things I can be doing to, to prepare for it? So let's start there. Uh, you know, what are some of the, the most important traits for somebody or, or the most important skills for somebody if they want to get into product management as, as a profession? Yeah. So I think the beauty of product management is exactly what you said, Kyle, is like people can get into this program from thousand different um, backgrounds and still they can be like an excellent PM. They can be like really, really good at it. Um, And uh, getting into product management has been very tricky uh, in the sense that this is a program that you don't get to learn about it in school. So it's not like software engineering or like a design degree that you know that, okay, I have to do A first and then B and then get a job as C. Product management is very, uh, very fluid program per se, right? So for me, when I started studying software engineering, I had no idea what product management role is. And back at that time, I thought I'll be a software engineer uh, for the rest of my life. Like I'll do it because I have studied it in school. I know what this entails. I I know that what, what am I supposed to do when I join a company like Google and Microsoft that I have to write code and create software. So I had a very clear vision. But then when I spent almost five years in this field, I I discovered something. And that was probably the turning point in my life that I am by nature a very extrovert person. Like I thrive on um, like talking to people, getting to understand them. And I have this nature inbuilt in me, uh, things like how can I help? You know, like how, how can I bring you a solution that would help with something in your life. And when I was a software engineer, I was actually missing that part big time because I was like, okay, so I'm writing code all day long. I'm getting paid for it. But then I don't know what's happening with my software after I ship it. Like I don't have any visibility with the end user. And I even don't know why I'm writing this software. Like I I was just handed down like a design document, right? Or something, some sort of document. So I was missing that big picture that why am I developing it? And what's going to happen when I like kind of like deliver it? Like, did the customer love it? Mm -hmm. Did I do any mistakes? Did I do, could I do something better? So I was missing. So when I was five years into engineering, I was like, yeah, I write code. I can I can do it pretty well, but I'm not satisfied. So, and from that search, I was actually getting into a lot of customer interviews. That how do I get those requirements right at the first place? So, even before we get into a design doc, how do we know as a company? that this is the pain point for our customers. So I try to shadow a lot of our senior PMs, you know, try to kind of like sit in the corner when our company was doing customer interviews and just listen. And somehow I figured out this is something I can do really, really well. So this was a skill set that I didn't necessarily learn in school, but I was actually really good at it. So then I wanted to explore more at how can I leverage this skill set. And, and that's how I kind of got into the discipline of product. So when I 
So when I mentor today, like students who want to get into product management or even, uh, you know, uh, senior professionals who are now trying to change a career track and trying to get into product. So one thing I, I always say that there is no, you know, like step-by-step step, one, two, three guide of like what can get you into product management. I feel like it's more about what you already know, what you are already good at. There are some skills that can be taught for sure, yes, but a good PM is, I feel like they are always more than, uh, you know, some set of like five or six skill sets, right? Because when you are interacting with your customers, you have to kind of like take actions as you go, like on the fly. And those kind of things comes from within, like what type of person you are. And there are exercises that you can do to figure out if this is a profession that you would like to go or you would like to kind of like explore on. Maybe one of the things can be how you do with ambiguity, <laughs> right? As a software engineer, we are very prescribed to do like step one, step two, step three. This is how you test your piece and this is how you commit to GitHub and you are done. Yep. But as a product manager, the whole path is very ambiguous. So how you deal with it? So you kind of maybe do some exercises or some retrospect, some introspect and just figure out if this is something you are good at. Second is, um, like, are you customer obsessed? Customer obsession is another thing that I think uh, every each and every PM uh, should kind of take very seriously, uh, you know, because customer is something that we start our feature discussion and we end our feature discussion with. So are you customer obsessed? Like, whatever you do in your day-to-day -day job, do you think of your end user often? Mm -hmm. So that's another skill set, I believe. Third is, uh, do you like working um, kind of like with your peers, with like your upper level management, kind of like cross-functional? Yep. Do you feel comfortable with it? Because as a PM, we need to wear so many hats and different time that it's 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 always, that interaction is, is not necessarily always structured, right? We have to, we have to talk to someone to get something done. And that person may sit in a completely different org, yeah. a completely <laughs> different team. So do you well, uh, like, do you work with that kind of structure mm. well? And maybe another thing would be, are you data driven? Because yeah. data is another like core concept of being a product manager, right? That are you driving all your decisions based on the data that you see today? Um, the other thing I would, I would probably the last thing I think that's super important is, can you influence people without authority? <laughs> so a PM needs to work with a group of engineers, engineering managers, your uh, fellow PMs, a lot of crucial customer accounts. And it's not necessary that you will have people reporting up to you, like all of those people reporting to you, right? So you have to have some so sort of authority over them by not being their direct manager. You you might be just, just their peer. So that's another skill set that I think is super important. So for any new PMs, if they start thinking on these lines, that these are some of the skills, do I feel comfortable with? Because this is something that comes from within. And then there are some tactical things that one can learn how to do it. And, but I think the these inherent PM skills are super important. At least I found them very valuable when I started to think about my career like, do I make a switch and leave software engineering? Or so this exercise was super helpful for me. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that all of those are are one hundred percent spot on uh, as far as like what are some of the the key attributes and skills that product managers need to have in order to really be successful. And uh, you've you've touched on uh, just some absolute fundamental things like being able to, to deal, we were just talking about this recently too, like dealing with ambiguity. Like if, if you're not somebody who's comfortable with ambiguity, like that's totally yeah. fine, but like product is probably not the role for you. Like you, yeah. there are other roles that would probably be a better fit <laughs> than, than product management where like ambiguity is just 
Like that's like the world that you live in constantly is just complete uh, ambiguity all the time and and being able to influence without authority uh, because you, you literally have like you have none, (laughs) you just, it's all about influencing and the communication and the customer obsession, like you said. So uh, I think that's, that's awesome. So you've, you've talked about that and kind of bringing that together in your career, if somebody was to look at, you know, what they're doing right now, uh, wanting, you know, they, they feel like that's the case. Like they, they, that really resonates with them. How, how would they go about uh, taking their experience and bringing it into a, a PM role? So let's say that I'm currently outside, uh, you know, doing something different, whether it's somewhat PM related or or not exactly, but that really resonates with me. You know, how could I take what I'm doing and and use that and get into a, a product management role? Sure. Yeah. So there are like a lot of different kinds of like if you have an internet connection at home, which I'm assuming you, you do, <laughs> there are like hundred different things that can kind of help you to walk that last mile and bridge that gap. Uh, some other thing that I would recommend first is um, as you get prepared to give product interviews, right? You have to be um, you have to be very like focused on what like you, you really have to be comfortable on what a typical product management interview looks like. Because now that I interview a lot of people, like really, really qualified people, I feel like uh, they showed up for the interview without really knowing uh, how a typical product management interview goes. And, and that's a big no-no for the mm-hmm. employer. So one of the first thing I would say is be prepared. Um, if you are confident that you have the skill set uh, necessary, then you have to create a fam- framework to actually prove it in front of your employer, right? So one other thing I can recommend is definitely study the current job market. Figure out what kind of product you are most pa- you feel most passionate about. Is it a B two B product or B two C product? Where do you feel like you will feel like more at ease or more comfortable? Because product can mean a lot of different things. It can be a physical product. It can be a digital product. So you have to do a little bit of market research on that to find your perfect fit. And then second is. Definitely, definitely tailor your resume. Do not just create like one copy of resume (laughs) and apply 100 different job positions with it. Study the job description and tailor it based on what kind of relevant experience you already have. Because I feel like every, your resume is literally the official application that we see, like the employer would see, Uh, for the first time, right? That's the number one step. So definitely cater your resume based on the skills they are asking for so that, you know, the employer can literally pick out the skills they they wanted and give you like a call for for an interview, like make it very appetizing for, for the employer. And third is LinkedIn. I cannot stress enough what a powerful medium it is in in today's date. Uh, Definitely reach out to the current employer of that company that you are interested to. uh, See if you can just talk to them like a coffee chat or some kind of informal chat to get more insights into those roles. Like what are they exactly asking for so that when they ask you those point blank questions during your interview, you won't be surprised because you have already come prepared for it. So make, try to make some connections. Um, if you reach out to 10 people, I'm sure at least two or three people will be you know, more than happy to talk to you. So just talk to them. Um, and in general, there are a couple of books that I would highly recommend if you are getting ready for product interview. One is Cracking the PM Interview. That's the book name. Uh, the author is Gail McDowell. She is super famous and like cracking the programming interview. She has <laughs> another book on software engineering as well. That book was like my Bible when I prepared for my interview. And she will actually teach you uh, how to explain or how to answer a very PME type questions. How can you make sure that your skills are well reflected? 
um, in your answers. And the second book is, um, I think there was a, there is a book called, I forgot the author, it's called Hooked, mm-hmm. How You Can Build Habit-Forming Products. So definitely read that as well. It will talk about the product development process from end to end. So those are kind of the insights that you can you can take and tailor your current experience for, for like a product role that you are really, really hoping for. Uh, because product management has become such a buzzword these days <laughs> that everybody wants to apply for the product management roles. But there are these are some of the things that as an employer, uh, we would always like, uh, look for in the resume or did you make an effort to connect with some of the te- team members uh, do you have are you prepared for all those insider questions that you know that will show an employer that you are so so eager to get that job your sincerity and you can talk about your current experience with ease so so these are some other things that I would highly recommend yeah I think those are great those are those are great books too um, definitely we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes as well because those are uh, definitely read. It's been a while since I've read both of those, but have yeah. definitely read them a long time ago and they're definitely worth the read if you haven't. So I think those are great, uh, absolutely spot on for, for interview tips and, and job search tips kind of stepping outside of the interview. Like if you're looking for a, a product management role, um, are there other things like outside of the, you know, kind of the job search and the interview that if I'm a new, you know, I'm not in product right now, yeah. but I'm looking to kind of break in. Are there other things that I could be doing to kind of bolster my chances uh, that you, that, you know, you as a, a hiring uh, manager or hiring team might look at and be like, yeah, this person is really standing out because you know they're not only obviously mm-hmm. interested in doing well in the job search, but all, you know, they also are doing some of these extra things. You know, what, what might some of those extra things be in your mind yeah. or that somebody might, might be doing? I think number one would be why, why don't you volunteer? Because if you go to, you know, websites like angel.com, there is like a list of startups, right? Very early stage startups who are actually looking for help. So if you think you can help or you want some practice, why don't you talk to a few of these startup companies and see if you can, you know, show up maybe a couple of weeks or like a month and try to build something in the way because a portfolio is probably the ultimate thing that an employer would be looking for. So you can start building those portfolios by volunteering um, to like startups or even build something for your friend. Just build something. You don't need to learn uh, coding or programming of any, any sort. Just you have to just put on that product management hat and uh, and try to experience how it feels, right? Um, and I'm also a big advocate of sharing. So as you take this journey, why don't you write a blog post about it? Or, or maybe just record a YouTube video. Because all of these things will show an employer that you are literally, you are ready to go that extra mile. So if you are working on a hobby project, upload it in your GitHub profile. If you are, you know, learning something new, just write a Medium post or a LinkedIn post and ask folks to review it and give you feedback. So these are some of the, these are not small things, but these are some of the skills that I see often neglected. Uh, like people, if we see that uh, as an employer, if we find that, oh, this guy has like a GitHub link with like five, six different projects that, that he literally spent hours on, and he's also volunteering with these two groups and building something from scratch, that tells a lot about that particular candidate. So building something volunteering somewhere um, and also like take any product, any app that you use today and try to tear it apart. What what do you like about that app? What don't you like about the app? If you are the PM of that particular app, what are some of the things that you want to change and share all those thoughts out in the open? If you have an internet connection, as I said, it's <laughs> so easy to reach thousands of people. Yep. Just share it that I just, you know, um, uh, played around with Uber app 
or Facebook app or something, anything. And these are some of the things that I would improve. These are some of my ideas. So these are these are I think few things that if you if if any person do it with like honesty and with due diligence, this actually show during your interview. And these are also great talking points when you are talking to your employer that you know this is what I did. This is my like a, this is my portfolio. Check it out. Um, and uh, this helps a lot uh, in the job interview and hiring process overall. Yeah. Yeah, to- totally agree. Absolutely love that. I think those are some absolute amazing, amazing tips. And the fact, like diving into the mind of a of a product manager, especially for some popular apps or different products, is if you haven't done that before, it's it's a great it's a great exercise. And honestly, like if you're in product, you end up doing it all the time anyway. Like going through and asking like, why did they make these decisions? And just, I, I feel like I, I do it all the time. Like, why are these things the way they are? And uh, you end up first off criticizing a lot of the decisions that, you know, other product teams make, but then you, you take it multiple levels deeper and end up thinking like, what are the trade-offs that they're making here? Because it's, it's not just that people are careless. Um, you know, as product managers, we realize that like nobody, almost, almost nobody is, is terrible, you know, making terrible product decisions. Everybody's making trade-offs. Like what are those trade-offs and like really thinking through, you know, they, they did this thing for a reason. Was it because of a deadline? Was it because, you know, they had to make a trade-off, for another area within their application, or, you know, they were driving, uh, you know, trying to drive a certain metric over another metric, like really thinking through those types of things. It's, it's a, it's a good exercise to go through, especially if you're new to, to that sort of thing. So that's really good advice. Absolutely. And also like these exercises will actually give you an opportunity to rethink whether Mm -hmm. you want to be a product (laughs) manager or not. Right. Because as I said, like product management has become a buzzword. Like everyone wants to become a PM, but these exercises will actually show you that if you are the right candidate, if this is the right job for you, if, because if you are getting frustrated with like dealing with all the ambiguity and mm-hmm. like with all these feature details or like, you know, wearing so many hats, then probably this is not the right kind yeah. of job that you would like. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You touched on another really interesting point. Um, and, you know, this kind of touches on your career too. In, you know, getting into product, uh, you know, you came from a background of, uh, technical expertise. Uh, you know, a lot of people now are coming from either, you know, an area of technical expertise or an area of, you know, other business, you know, possibly like MBA, an MBA or other business expertise. You know, I see a lot of people asking about, you know, specific uh, product certifications or those types of things. So we'll pose the question to you, um, you know, do you have to have a you know a degree in computer science or an MBA or some other very specific background to get into product. What are your thoughts? The answer is no, no. You definitely do not need um, a computer science degree or an MBA degree to get into product management. That being says, said, I will never say that you shouldn't do it. Like all of this education, a formal training has their own benefits. So you, so this kind of program also teaches you how to think, how to solve problems. But I believe as long as you are aware that uh, studying an MBA or a certification is not what you need to get into PM, like it's not all, it's a part of it. And you still choose to go to go with the program, it's hundred percent all right because you will definitely learn something. Uh, but at the end of the day, being a PM is so much more than that. And I don't think any any particular one degree or one course can teach you all of those skills. So so yeah, like my short answer would be, at one hand, I wouldn't say that you shouldn't do any of this. You can definitely do it. I did my master's and uh, in computer science and I never regret it. 
I may, because I learned so many skill sets in a graduate school that I didn't in my undergraduate program. And that still helps me, um, you know, doing taking my decisions today on a day-to-day basis. But on the other hand, was it all I needed to become a technical PM? No. I had to learn so many things about how to talk to customers, how to think from a business hat and not from an engineering hat. And, and it also depends on what kind of product you are working on, right? If it's a technical product, then it has a different sets of challenges. If it's a non-technical product, it has, again, a different sets of challenges. So you kind of have to adapt based on the company, the product, the team. But but yeah, like MBA and certification is not the final answer. No. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Definitely agree. So kind of going back to, you know, some of the interview and and resume and, um, you know, some of that aspect, you, know, you, you gave, I think, some really good advice and tips. Um, what are some, I guess, pitfalls or mistakes to look out for as you're going through that process? Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting question because and now that I'm on the other side of the <laughs> table, I do get to see like, you know, different kinds of resumes. Yeah. And there are definitely three or four things that I can mention today that everyone should avoid at any cost if they want to really, really give good interviews. <laughs> uh, first is bad formatting. Like, you you really need to put some time on formatting it well, um, you know, making it to the point, not like a four page resume. I think at this point of our career, and I, I one of my mentor uh, uh, in my graduate school, he told me that most of the time, if you cannot fit your resume within like one full page, you probably uh, don't understand what you are doing right now you probably don't know how to shorten it. <laughs> and I, I really find, like, I found it, like, very amusing and fun, like, everything. Uh, like, you really need to know how to shorten it and focus on what matters. So definitely try to avoid submitting a four-page resume. No, we, we don't need it. Um, <laughs> second so is, yeah. <laughs> and the second point would be not to tailor the resume based on the job profile. I have touched on it yep. before earlier. Yep. So don't just submit a very generic resume for all your job positions because it shows that you haven't put the needed effort. Uh, you haven't done your research and you don't want to put any extra time. So just tailor it. And the third is, Third kind of resume that I see is full of keywords. It's like in one page, I probably, I can see like 100 keywords with like <laughs> comma, comma. So not even like full sentences. Yep. Don't, don't, don't do it. Because if you really understand that technology, if you really understand that skill set, there will be projects to prove it. And so you just, just don't use keywords for the sake of it. It, yep. it really, it, 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 like during interview, it shows that you do not really understand and that's a really bad, bad impression. So be very honest and truthful, uh, like, because your resume should be uh, like a, kind of like a mirror of who you are. And so do not exaggerate it like, you know, too much. Um, that's probably like, kind of like the highlights, mistakes that I see. Uh uh, we definitely look into like the accomplishment section that what you accomplished in your past jobs. And that's one section that's kind of, I see very tricky for a lot of us because people are tend to write paragraphs of like accomplishments, but it should be instead of just use numbers, like maybe um, I increase the profit level by 12% instead of using, um, I helped it to get better or something yeah. very ambiguous. Uh, the more to the point you become, the more you use numbers and statistics of what you did from your past work. I think those are some very, very valuable things that we the employer would look for yeah. in your resume. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, I think that's, that's so good. You got to remember that you're, you're, you're talking to people in, in your resume and yeah. in your interview. And so like, it's not just, it's not just like a keyword thing that like at some point somebody's yeah. actually going to be like reading it and going through. That's, that's a great call out. Uh, you know, we touched on this a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, 
the helping our teams become diverse and inclusive. Um, you know, we we use those terms a lot. Um, well, we use them, and I think that it's so important. We we talked a, a little bit about this a while ago on our podcast, um, and we can't have. Uh, good products, at least in in my opinion, in our opinion, if we don't have teams that are inclusive. And and Eva gave an example of this, where you know uh, we build we don't build products that uh, have good experiences if we don't have teams that are uh, diverse enough to have the right mindset. And you know she gave the example of the forms for one of the banks that she used had very much had a first name and a last name, which is very American centric. Um, you know, and not everybody who lives here, you know, conforms to a first name and a last name, um, in that way. She, she's one of those people, you know, being from Hong Kong, we have lots of nationalities who live here and that's just the way it is. If, if that product team had other people on it, they probably would have caught that idea that, you know, not everybody has, you know, a first name and a last name. And, and, and it's that sort of thing that, uh, you know, goes across all of our products. So that's just like one example among many, but how do we help bring more inclusion and more diversity into our teams, both through our hiring and through, and, and how do we help, um, you know, those who, you know, might not feel like they can apply or, or might not feel like they have the right skill sets, you know, get ready to get into product management. So, you know, you, you've, I think you've got some experience in this, you know, what, what are your thoughts on both sides of that coin? Yeah, so this is this is a very sensitive topic, right? Because a lot of people um, who are experiencing a lot of biases and a lot of discrimination because of this, like you you uh, quoted that example, um, and I remember one. Um, uh, I I, rem- I I don't remember when I read it, but um, have you heard of the story that there is like a uh, in in a washroom there was a tap like uh, where you have to kind of like wave your hand and uh, the tap will start pouring water. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a black person who went into that bathroom and like he was like constantly waving in front of it, but it didn't work. Yeah. And and later the product company found out that only white people um, have like literally tested that yeah. product. It was yeah. never tested against uh, like people with different skin color. So those are some of the things that I feel like um, it's affecting us on a day-to-day basis these days, right? This is, um, these are very sad experiences. So like you said, it's two sides of the coin. So companies, they have to maybe meet us in the halfway doing their part. And we, as an like individual, we have to do our part. It's it's a literally 50-50, uh, you know, partnership uh, on how we challenge, how we can tackle this challenge. So company-wise, I can see uh, like being in this domain for uh, like almost seven, eight years, I am definitely seeing a lot of companies stepping up in their hiring process where they actually uh, tell the recruiters that, the minority companies, not only, not necessarily only women, but the minority companies, just you know, start your search from there. If we if we cannot find anyone, then we will definitely expand our scope, but give them the first opportunity. So all of the teams they have their own goals of making their own teams diverse. Maybe like by the end of the year, by the end of the quarter, some some sort of you know targets like that. So. I definitely see companies are hiring more, more intention, more with intention, and it's not just random hiring anymore. So that's good. Uh, we definitely have a lot of long way to go, but it's a start. On the other hand, as an individual, where I when I do these mentoring sessions, um, this is a very common question, especially from women that, you know, we are, we are not good enough. I, I don't think we can crack this job. This is not for us. And most of the time they end up taking a very minimum, menial job with like very minimum salary, uh, you know, all of the sad things. So I always 
like tell them a couple of things first um as as a person not like necessarily as a product manager we we have to get comfortable with this imposter syndrome because this is real and imposter syndrome doesn't differentiate between a white man or a black man all of us have it you have it i have it pretty much everyone i know somewhere down there they feel like oh no i i don't think i'm good enough for this so it's 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 something it's a very human feeling it's a very natural feeling so i think in most cases women tend to take it more seriously rather than the uh, main counterpart so they get affected more a uh, more you know in a more diverse way mm-hmm. so so being comfortable with your own skin your own accent your uh, like i i can tell you like thousands of stories like girls come up to me and say that uh, ma'am um, i have a very different accent and i feel so ashamed when i when i talk in front of american and then I, i feel so sad because i i have an accent too i'm from india and that's bound to happen i was not born here so i always say that if you have an accent that actually means you know a few other languages as yeah. well yep so so why don't you think like that way that if mm-hmm. i'm if i have an accent in english it's probably because i can speak four other languages so it's all about confidence so when you are starting out your career it might feel like you are not good enough you don't have the necessary exposure um so many talented people are walking around so nobody is going to talk to you and lot of different kinds of feelings but one thing that would help is educate yourself just read about biases read about what's happening and and talk to your peers because that that helps a lot covid actually made a things a little bit difficult now mm-hmm. that on all the in person events are closed but before i used to do lot of meet meetups where we would all come together and just share our experiences so when you know you stand up and share your experience and then immediately 10 other people in the room they will kind of like sympathize over you and they'll be like oh i have the same experience too so this is not unique to me this is happening to everybody yeah. and that's a vote of confidence that this is not personal to you this is a common problem that we can solve like we can come together and solve it so start talking about it read books about it educate yourself write about it now that we are not meeting for like people in person why don't you write about it in linkedin that i experienced this i'm pretty sure that 500 other people will jump jump in and say that oh this is very common i have experienced it too yep. so confidence is actually probably the only thing that will help you to take the next step there will be lot of self doubt lot of you know uh, negative things that will come in the way but if you are constantly talking about it creating a support group around yourself who can support you vouch for you and kind of give you that last push i think we all can do it yeah, yeah. that's that's so great uh definitely um i mean there's i feel like there's so much we, we may have to just like take that whole topic and do another episode on it because i feel like there's so much there but i i agree completely with that you have to i just i love i love everything about that topic how we can make our teams more more diverse more inclusive and and how we can use that to make our products uh more inclusive uh for everybody but as far as the imposter syndrome goes like we literally everybody has it and if if you don't feel i feel like um oh there was a great quote uh that if if you don't feel uh, and i forget who says it or who said it but it, it was from a while ago it was like if you if you don't feel imposter syndrome then you probably are an imposter um yeah. <laughs> and and so like I, i don't know that just like resonated because i was like yeah that's because everybody feels that and you just especially when you're coming into something new and and you're surrounded by lots of intelligent people and that's like product development to a T you're you're surrounded by just intelligent people who are coding and in business and um you know designing and all of that and you're just 
you feel like out of your depth and out of your league. And that's literally every, I assume everybody, I know it's definitely me. Like I constantly feel like, oh man, I am just out of my depth. Um, oh, me too. And, yeah. <laughs> and you're just surrounded by people who are just really, really smart. And so uh, that's, yeah, you're going to feel that way for a while until you, you realize like, okay, you, you, you can do it. And you know, you, you aren't, you aren't the person uh, who is, you're not the only person out of your depth and you are in fact smarter than you think you are. So yeah, um, yeah, it just takes, like you said, the confidence to, you know, take those first steps. And unfortunately there are, you know, just different groups, like you said, that who who probably feel like they're too much on the outside to have enough confidence to get there. And, And we have to do more to make sure that that we're not excluding because that it only makes our companies and our products worse if we don't have them represent if we don't have if we don't have all of us represented in what we're doing because uh, like you said then it then we have taps you know water taps that don't recognize different skin colors and we have uh, fields in forms that don't represent everybody in our in our countries and and, and that just makes for a terrible terrible product product experience and that's not what we want yeah so true yeah all right cool well you know i want to wrap up with one final question unless you have anything else to add to our conversation so i can add a lot more (laughs) then we have to do a second episode of that so (laughs) i i think we i think we could easily do a second episode so we'll have to we will we will come back and we'll do a second episode because I, I, there's just been a ton here and this has just been absolutely great. Okay. All right. All right. Episode two coming, coming at some point here, but what has been your, your favorite moment in your career? I think my favorite moment is not. Yeah. I think it, it, I have, I definitely have a favorite moment, but it's not necessarily related to product, but it's more like kind of like mix of DNI and product. Um, so I, uh, so the example that I quoted that the girl who came up to me and said that I have a very bad accent. So she was having, um, a very challenging time in her life with all the kind of like lack of confidence and super, um, inferiority complex and all of those stuff. So she was having a hard time. So I became her mentor and she worked with me for about six months. Um, I would say she's from Vietnam. Um, and, um, she eventually kind of prepared herself for product interviews. She eventually, um, you know, built that courage to actually apply for uh, fortune 500 companies that she initially thought she's not good, good of. So uh, it was a long, long path. We worked it together and on month seven, she actually got a job in Google. So she's currently employed in Google. Uh, She recently moved from Vietnam to to the Bay Area, uh, she's she's now there. So she's she's kind of like a story in my life that I always look back when I'm struggling, because I feel like if she can walk this this path uh, all by herself with a little bit of help from me, then I can probably do anything. Uh, sitting here in Vancouver, and I I kind of feel. Like I kind of feel thankful for all the privileges that I have today that she didn't have when she reached out to me, sent an email asking for help. So I think that's that's a very uh, kind of like a very hi- highlighting moment in my career. It, it it doesn't necessarily you know related to a particular product or a particular company, but just just uh, in my journey, I feel. I feel it, it gives me a really good feeling that I was able to help someone to walk the path with me and see the other side of the world that, you know, imposter syndrome is not end. There is so much to it. Like if you can conquer it, there is just too many possibilities. That's awesome. Yeah. Sometimes the best, the, especially when you get into some of the management and leadership roles, um, you know, some of the best outcomes yeah. are, the people that you get to help. So that, thank you for sharing that. That's, that's absolutely awesome. Any, any final thoughts before we wrap up? I think one final thought would be, um, 
you can like all of us can do product management and i believe that in our day-to-day life all of us especially now that we are kind of work all working from home with our kids and you know so much stuff going on around us but we are still making decisions every day right whether uh, it is like what my kids gonna eat tonight uh, to like how can i meet my deadline at work so i think especially in 2020 and 2021 all of us have become product managers of some sort. So just if we just keep honing that skill and figure out what are some of the things that I really enjoyed doing over the past two stressful years <laughs> and what are some of the things that like didn't excite me at all, I think it will be a very good exercise for all of us on what we can become in the future in the post-COVID era. Because product management, as I said, like in the very beginning, it's 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 not always mathematics. It's not one plus one, two. It's a mix of science and arts. So you get to show a lot of creativity from your side. Um, so yeah, just just keep working on it. Just do some introspect uh, introspective sessions and figure out who you are as a person. I think that will guide you uh, to choose the right career going forward. Okay. That's awesome. Great place to, to end it. So what we've got, uh, we'll do some shout out, some product shout outs and gripes to end it. Uh, but before we go there, um, is there, I guess, where can people find more about you uh, or connect with you? So I'm super active on social media. Uh, maybe we can post my LinkedIn yep. links and Twitter. Um, if you have any questions, you can just tweet me, send me a DM. Um, I'll be more than happy to you know, do a follow-ups and help you. There. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. We'll put those links in the show notes and uh, yeah. So check those out. Okay. Uh, perfect. All right. Um, so we, we usually end with any product shout outs or gripes that you may have. Um, I don't know if you, did you bring any product shout outs or gripes that you have been uh, using lately and either loving or hating? So I can, uh, yeah, I can, I can give a shout out to a product that I use probably on a daily basis for like multiple hours in a day. (laughs) (laughs) And that is Twitch. Oh, okay. Nice. Yes. So when I started watching Twitch, a lot of friends were like, how do you enjoy this app? Like, do you really like people, like looking at people who are playing video games and (laughs) when it's not you, but somehow it caught up to me because I feel like, like we we do the same thing when we watch TV, television, right? It's like other people are playing or other people are acting and we watch them. So Twitch is kind of, I spend so many hours and looking into like other software engineers on how they code. So that has been an amazing experience for me. I think I learned a lot by just watching the type of mistakes they do. or And it also helped me a lot with my inferiority complex, my imposter syndrome, that, you know, the guys or the influencers that I really look up to in the software engineering world, they are making mistakes. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so it's yep. possible. So it's not that bad when I mess up something. Yeah. So I think Twitch has helped in so many different ways. Um, yeah, so it, it it was like a miracle idea. Like the PM who came up with this idea, it, it was fantastic. So okay, yeah, I love it. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Nice. All right. Do, do you stream at all on Twitch or you just... Uh... I used to. I okay. used to. But after I had my daughter, I, I stopped. But yeah. I'm, I'm planning to start again. Yes. Okay. Very nice. All right. Great. Well, that's a great shout out. All right. I'm I'll, uh, I'll do a shout out too, to, uh, pro procreate. So, uh, the drawing app on, on iPad. Um, I just, I, I was using Adobe Photoshop sketch for a long time and, and loved it. And they have end, end of life did. And I'm, I'm so sad because it was so simple and they've, they've forced everybody to go to Adobe Fresco, Adobe Fresca or Adobe Fresco. I'm not one of those two and it's so much more complicated and I just I I tried it and I could not wrap my head around it and so I finally if if you do any drawing on 
uh, the iPad, you know, like I'm sure almost everybody has Procreate because it's like the drawing app, but I, I just hadn't used it um, because I'm not like a super, um, I'm not like super artist on the iPad. So I hadn't, I hadn't bought it before, but it is, it is just awesome. Like you can, it's super simple, but also super powerful. So absolutely amazing drawing app on the iPad. I've been using it for a little while now and um, it's just, it's so good. Like I, I went in there after my like fiasco of Adobe, Adobe Fresco or Adobe Fresca. And cause I, I went in there just to do some sketches and I was like, I, I don't even know, like I can't use it. Like it was just, it was so complicated. And I was like, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing in here. And so I went over to purchased and purchased Procreate, used it. And it was just so simple and it was beautiful. So shout out awesome. to that. Uh, that was a great one. So yeah. Awesome. Well, Kali, thank you so much again for being here. This was an absolutely great conversation. I look forward to to chatting again with you. Um, yeah. been absolutely amazing. Uh, all of the tips I think have been spot on. Uh, I think people will listen to this and just get so much information from it. So I look forward to talking again and, and thank you so much for all of your insight. It's been, it's been absolutely Thanks great. Thanks for the invite, Kyle. Uh, absolutely love the experience. I hope uh, some of the things that I shared would be helpful. Um, and as I said, I'm super reachable in social media. So if anybody wants any follow-up on anything I have said or discussed, please reach out. I'm happy to answer. And thank you. This was an amazing experience. All right. Thanks again. Thanks, everyone. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can find out more about us and our podcast on our website at productbydesign.co. You can also follow us on Twitter at prodbydesign. That's at prod underscore by underscore design. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Larry Evans. And you can also find Eva on Twitter at Yan Chow Chow. See you next time.